Hey, hi, hello, y'all. My name is RB, and you have stumbled upon Take the Last Bite, a show where we lay Midwest nice out on the table, and then we flip that table to make room for limitless possibilities as modeled by Midwest queer and trans communities. This summer feels like it went by so quickly, and at the same time, so much has happened in the three months since we wrapped up season two. For example, reproductive justice and student loan forgiveness have been major national issues with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and then the Biden administration announcing it's going to make a little dent in folks' student loan burdens. Within the Midwest, there's been a series of developments and wins. For example, the Michigan Supreme Court ruled that LGBTQ people cannot be fired or evicted based on their gender or sexuality. And there's also been some huge letdowns, such as the high school newspaper in Nebraska that was shut down after student journalists featured pieces about the history of pride. If you want to hear more about these and other LGBTQ Midwest moments, I've been collecting and discussing news items such as these in our newly launched TikTok. So give us a follow at take.the.last.com. Bite, or find a link in our show notes. This is our third season of Take the Last Bite, and it coincides with three other very important seasons. Spooky season, mumble talk season, and election season. All three of these will surely be worked into upcoming episodes, and we have some stellar guests and topics lined up to aid us in bringing long-due attention to the amazing efforts of Midwest queer and trans folks. Today's episode is a nod to where it all began, the Midwest Bisexual, Lesbian, Gay, Transgender, Asexual College Conference, Mumble Talk for the Necessary Short. Without this annual event, There would be no Midwest Institute for Sexuality and Gender Diversity, and there would be no Take the Last Bite podcast. The founding members of the Institute were once doe-eyed little queerlings in college and got roped into planning the largest regional LGBTQ college conference in the country. Our affinity for this mesmerizing space and the devout commitment we made to planning our respective conferences evolved into starting the Institute. And one of the key roles of our organization is honoring the integrity of a conference planned for students by students. The 30th annual Mumble Tech will be hosted one month from the publishing of this episode in Columbus, Ohio. Each decision about speakers, workshops, content, and messaging has been mindfully made by a group of Midwest college students who have dedicated their time and energy into curating this year's conference. And I got on the mic with three of the student planners to reflect on the planning process, share some of what attendees can look forward to, and dream about what the impacts of this year's conference will mean for our collective futures. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce y'all to these incredible student leaders on this episode of Take the Last Bite. 
why can't we be in space with hundreds of other queer and trans folks and having these necessary conversations? When it comes to dynamics around privilege and oppression and around identity, well-intentioned isn't actually good enough. And how far is too far to drive for a drag show? I don't know, we're in Duluth right now. I would straight up go to Nebraska, probably. <laughs> if you are not vibing or something's not right, or also like there's an irreparable rupture, you have absolutely every right to walk away. Definitely going to talk about Midwest nice, and if that's if that's um, as real as it wants to think it is, Midwest nice is white aggression. That's what it is. All right, fam, we're going to go ahead and get started. So I'm really stoked to be hanging out here with y'all. We are, I think, exactly 56 days away from the Midwest Bisexual, Lesbian, Gay, Transgender, Asexual College Conference. There's a series of faces I'm receiving in this moment to that news. 56 days when we're having this conversation. By the time this episode publishes, I think it'll be a square month away from conference weekend. Um, so let's go ahead and do a quick round of introductions. Uh, whoever would like to go first, if you just want to do a quick intro of who you are and also share what your relationship is to the Midwest. Yeah, I can go first. Hi, my name is Delila. My pronouns are she, they, and I am a third year Ohio State student studying anthropology. So I guess... Yeah, that's my relationship to the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. My name is Lou. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I'm a fourth year studying social work with a minor in leadership studies. And I'm from Akron. I always rep LeBron. I'm wearing my I Promise skin right now. But yeah, that's my, that's my relationship to the Midwest. And I'm Abby. I am a second year Ohio State student um, studying earth science. Um, and yeah, I've lived in Ohio my entire life. Grew up in Cleveland, um, now live in Columbus partially. So I'd say that's my relationship to the Midwest. Also pronouns are she, they, just realized I forgot those. Um, so we, we are gathered here today. No, so we're um, gonna chat about this planning process, right? So y'all are Midwest college students who by one way or another came into um, the student planning process. So every year, um, that the conference is hosted uh, behind the scenes is the work and labor and commitment of Midwest queer and trans college students. And y'all are a sampling of the larger team of folks who've been putting in so much work um, for the better part of like 18 months to make the magic of Mumble Tech happen um, this year, which is gonna be in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and so let's, take a trip back to some of our earliest conversations before we made um, a whole lot of programming decisions, right? We were thinking about the theme. And in fact, the theme was probably brainstormed well before any of us even came into relationship with each other through the bid process where I think Lulu, maybe you were probably one of the only ones around for that bid process probably um, in thinking about what would it mean to even bring the conference to Columbus, Ohio. And we've done a bit of tweaking and redrafting since then to identify the theme and had some really rad conversations about why, why this theme and why now um, and what does that mean in this moment for this coming conference? So does someone want to kick us off talking about um, the theme and how we, how we landed on that? Yeah, of course, I can kick this off. It's actually funny just to like 
think back on the process just because uh, two of my friends who were very influential and were part of the bid process uh, are not currently part of the planning team, but like without their work, they would not be Ohio State um, or like OSU students like talking about this right now and being together in this like call with y'all like right now. Um, but I remember like we were talking about uh, a theme we're scrambling we're like oh my gosh like we got to make this like pop out making sure that like it represents like what we want to like focus on in this conference but also we want to like give a tribute to the fact that it's like the 30th anniversary um, for Mimble Tech and actually from what I remember is that the name um, was way longer than what it is now um, <laughs> so I'm glad that we were able to edit it out and kind of make it more, uh, you know, easier to say. Um, when we talk about Limitless in that group of four students, um, my first year, um, a lot of us, or at least I can personally talk for, about myself, is that like, we're navigating this college scene where um, we're afforded the chance to express ourselves in a way that we might have not been able to at home. I know personally, I come to, um, from a family where only one person knows I'm out. And uh, it was very restrictive because I thought of her as someone who I could go to. Um, but here at Ohio State, um, here in the Midwest, away from where I grew up from, um, it's almost like those options became limitless because I was able to branch out from what I knew and self-explore my identities and also talk to people who have been through um, similar issues um, and just thrive as a person. So that's definitely just a little context of that. Ooh, I love the way you brought that together. Like that was so beautifully spoken and I applaud you just for putting all of that into words. For me, I feel like when I kind of think of the theme, especially when at the time where we were kind of um, brainstorming like what it would be someone kind of brought up the fact that and I, I think it was mostly all of us how there's so many like anti-lgbtq plus laws going on like right now and even then during the time when we were brainstorming and of course like one thing that came up was activism like how can we combat against these these laws that are telling us oh we shouldn't exist or oh we shouldn't be here so i think more than anything it's kind of like us taking taking back like uh, i don't really know how to word it but us kind of reclaiming our space and telling people like we're here basically and we're queer and this is our space and we're we're, we're activists and we're going to keep on standing up to people who are biased and who are bigots and so on and so forth. I feel like the naming process was one of the first things I remember doing when I came on. Like, I think we were, like, they were the proposals for the names and we voted on them, like, in maybe the first or second meeting. And um, yeah, as Delilah was saying, it was a, a big part of it was just the state of the world today and how the world treats and the US and the Midwest treat um, LGBTQ people and how uh, there's so much progress to be made in that area and how um, 
queer students are so ready to fight that fight. And it's so important to address that now and, you know, come together as a community. I think, I think Lulu, you, you named, right, that like, it's a, the, this theme, right, of limitless queer activism of the future. There can't be like a queer activism of the future without kind of acknowledging the queer activism of the past. And so in many ways by doing this work for y'all's respective conference, we're kind of doing this nod to 30 years of labor and work of Midwest queer and trans communities. And then also saying in this exact moment, you know, looking at the next 30 or the next 60 or the next 100, right? Whatever our sampling of time is to say, like in this moment, like what is next? And I also think there's this, um, you know, additional opportunity and that has come up quite a few times with y'all because we're going to Columbus, which is a capital city where there's kind of this additional layer of political and lobbying energy. And there's this, you know, it's an epicenter of certain types of political energy that, um, you know, we've definitely brought up and thought about and thinking about the content and who to showcase and what conversations are going to show up at the conference. <laughs> Um, which I think is a great way to segue into what is some of the content that we're excited about. So y'all um, very gracefully <laughs> and very committedly um, uh, went through the workshop review process and read 60 some odd proposals that were just incredible. And we made some hard decisions and we have a whole slate of workshops um, that have been selected and so what for you through that workshop review process and what you know is upcoming at the conference weekend are some of the conversations or topics that you're really excited that folks are going to get to engage with um, or that just is even existing like in this moment that there's there's conversations like that happening. What are you excited about? I immediately know um, this is very personal, like selfish reasons for me but I'm, there are so many good lesbian workshops coming up. Like there are, I was reading all the descriptions. They were so good. I'm so excited to go to as many as I can. Like, oh my gosh. And there's a lot of discussion online and queer online spaces about lesbianism, but I think it's so important to have lesbian spaces because it's for me. And I think for so many other people, it's such a unique identity and just living. It's, it's amazing. So I'm so excited for the lesbian workshops. I'm also excited for the asexual workshops. I feel like we have quite a few of those as well. And I think that's also an area in the queer community that can sometimes be um, like underrepresented in some spaces. So I'm excited to bring that to the forefront as well. I definitely agree with Abby. There are lots of workshops, like the ones um, like ACE. There, there was a couple ACE workshops that um, I know we all are very, very excited for, but um, the ones that stood out to me were more so focused on like being LGBTQ plus and still um, having like body positivity at the forefront of your identity as well. Um, it was very much intersectional, um, which I appreciate because a lot of the workshops, not saying that they weren't, but there was one, there was some that only focused on like one specific thing Whereas there is others that was like, oh, like I'm POC and I'm also LGBTQ plus. I'm looking forward to seeing workshops that are very much focused on intersectionality. 
um, which is always fun and always important, especially within our community. I think a lot of the times people forget that intersectionality exists everywhere, um, even in the queer community. Um, I know for me, um, I know just the general tracks of um, like, you know, creating change on college campuses, but also like, um, like activism just as a whole. Um, have always like sparked my interest uh, just because I know there's a lot of us who don't know where to start but there's many people who are like older or have like more experience who can talk about their own experiences in their own colleges or their own spaces in nonprofits um, or other spaces where they're like taking the lead and it's like this works for me so here is like my advice but also let's talk about how like you can take care of yourself because like you know like burnout is like very very common, especially I think in college, you know, like you're talking to um, uh, institutions who might not have like the best intentions in terms of uh, like what you're bringing forth, like the issues that you're um, seeing um, for your own community um, and just kind of diminish it just to like staffing and uh, like financial issues that you're like, wait, this is not my job. I'm just like telling you like the experiences that I have as a student for you to take action because this is your job to like take over. I actually remember like going to one like my first year. It's like, oh shoot, like y'all for real. Like I'm taking notes on my notepad, like <laughs> like ready to like uh go back to my friends and be like, okay, this is like what we can do because someone already has done it in another college or another space. And like I feel great about um knowing that you know it takes time, but like there is like stuff that you can do within your own capacity. Can I just say, I think I've had the most fun collaborating with you guys in the workshops, especially with like finding out which which track this workshop belongs to or this workshop. Um, it, it was just so much fun to like just be able to talk about why I felt this workshop needed to be in the conference or maybe why this one shouldn't, you know, necessarily be in the conference, um, which is of course valid, um, but uh, it, it was just so much fun being able to hear everyone's ideas and again, collaborate and get feedback. It just dawned on me that I don't think all of you have even attended this conference that you are currently planning, right? Abby and Dalila, you have not attended, right? And Lulu, you have, but did you attend in person? Yeah, I attended in, in person um, in 2020. Uh, in 2020, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came um, virtually um, last year. Got it. So in many ways, right, like for Abby and Dalila, you're kind of like conceptualizing something that you have not witnessed on your own. And so in thinking about some of the content that you've already named, you're excited about and a lot of the, you know, what we already know about the workshops that are going to be coming to the conference, you know, one of the things that the Institute has received feedback on and something that I, as someone who like planned and attended this conference for years as a college student knows is that there's something very pivotal. There's something very big about students being able to share space with other students across certain similarities, right? Whether it's the identity forums that we plan where folks of alike identities come together just to, to hang out and chat and do whatever they want with that space, or some of these structured workshops with specific content. Um, there's something very, there's a big deal 
component to that. And we, we get feedback about that year after year. And then just on a, a broader scale, the experience of coming to Mumble Tech and being surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of other queer and trans people, right? We, we call it the magic of Mumble Tech for a reason in that it's not really what our daily life looks like. So we kind of get the sampling for you know a weekend of what would it look like if our daily life was just inherently saturated with queer people and that's all we really got to interact with and it's both amazing and sometimes a little disheartening because you kind of have this moment when you go home of like oh this is the crash and burn moment where I'm reminded that there's cishet people in the world and this this isn't what I wanted and so I guess you know to, to make a question out of this little monologue, right? I'm curious for y'all having, one of y'all having had attended this conference, but two of y'all having not attended this conference is kind of what what is missing from like your college and community spaces that you think Mumble Tech can satisfy that can then be broadened and scaled up and expanded to show queer and trans people, especially queer and trans young people, that like, you don't have to accept scraps, right? That there's so much more we can build. Like, what are what do you think of the conference as kind of a model for that? And what is missing um, or just not serving in some of the spaces that you're in? I think one thing that is definitely missing from at least my on-campus center that focuses on students is definitely resources specifically geared towards LGBTQ plus students. Because a lot of times, like we don't have that, especially resources that are geared towards LGBTQ plus students of color. And to be able to have this at the conference, is, it makes me so appreciative, especially because like growing up, I didn't have that at all. I didn't have that at all. And it's sad to say like, oh, I'm not getting this until college and don't ever think that I'm not grateful because I'm 100% grateful but um I think there's so many other things that this conference is going to offer me and so many other students that I'm just so grateful for and I'm just so happy just to be a part of it just to be planning it um Delila that was such a great answer so so well put um I do have to say this is only my second year of college um, but even so, I felt my first year, I was very like lacking the community, just generally of, you know, queer people. Obviously, queer people in college have a way of finding each other, like, in general. Um, in college, it's a lot easier to be like, more open about it and just like me other queer people. But the formal events that were put on, like, I just remember going to one at the beginning of the year. And it was like, it, like, it got way too loud in there. I was very overwhelmed. And then um, it was like the only social event I felt like that I saw for like the queer community and also everyone there already knew each other. So I was like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do here? And like, obviously I made queer friends throughout college and I, I do feel some sort of sense of community, but having a place like the conference where it's just, you know, you're going there and you're going to find at least one person like you, not, you know, of course there's going to be many more than just one. So it's just like the the guarantee of a place where you can just meet and be yourself and have fun too, like in some spaces. Um, I feel like when I keep an eye on the queer events happening, a lot of them are like discussions and uh, 
like round tables and while those things are very very important sometimes you just want to have like fun fun night with some queer people you just want to you know meet and talk and not worry about anything formal so I'm ex just like the community I'm excited to experience that for the first time and just being there with all these queer people I can't wait yeah no I think that whole like last part of what Abby said it was like so spot on because yes there's so many discussions and you know like sometimes it's almost like they're making this to have people who are not part of the community sit and like in the back not saying this happens but like um it's almost like they have it set for these people to sit in the back just to learn from our experiences and it's just like bro no sometimes I just like want to have people who like are part of the community and we can just share joy together like like and I feel like that's a good part of like the conference because you're meeting people from all different places and um as an introvert like I get very scared to approach people who I don't know <laughs> but I feel like at the conference I was like approaching people I was like hey I love your outfit and just like be able to like change socials very easily um or at least like in a more conducive manner than you know like events that are hold on campus oftentimes you know I think what's a huge bummer to me sometimes and me and the you know institute team the glorified adults if you will on this end of things right who did our conference planning years in the mid-aughts right 2012 2013 2014 and 15 years you know it was it was a struggle in some ways based on the relationship that lgbtq students had with their university or what types of support we could be guaranteed or where some of the funding might come from. And I think what's tricky is that in some ways, in a lot of ways, right, higher education and uh, institutions of higher learning, pinky out, um, have definitely expanded, right? There's more LGBTQ centers than ever before. There's more pro staff. In many ways, there's more money and funding, but there's still a lot of politic and there's still a lot of mess. And um, I think that there's still this like one size fits all approach to assuming that what supports one LGBTQ college student would necessarily offer the same support to the, the next student. And that's just, that's not true. And we know that. And so, you know, I think something that for me as someone who's brought college students um, to the conference, who has been a student attending the conference, who has this role where I'm working with y'all as, you know, as a collaboration to make these conferences happen. Mumble Tech is kind of like the um, possibility model for what educational spaces could look like if we completely turn the reins over to queer and trans people to orchestrate their own spaces and their own learning and prioritize what is important to them. You're not learning about kink in college in the way that you're gonna learn about it at Mumble Tech. You're not gonna learn about, what's that one? The um, defying hierarchies and relationships, like you're not having that conversation in, in you know, your lecture hall, not really. So like, there's just some really um, transformative topics and just like experiences that you can't even really plan at Mumble Tech. I'll just kind of disclaim that to the two of you who haven't gone yet, that just like, there's a, there's a principle of emergent strategy from Adrian Marie Brown, because I'm a big old Adrian Marie Brown nerd that talks about how like there's a conversation in the room that only the people in it can have and you're supposed to find it. And I feel like Mumble Tech is just a giant room where there's just kind of 
an experience that only the folks in that conference weekend can have and they're going to find it. And, um, you know, y'all are here as just folks who are making really informed decisions as students creating a space for students. And y'all have just been really intentional and caring and thoughtful about the decisions that have been made and the voices that are being invited. And, um, you know, this is what we call crunch time, right? We've got 56 glorious days left um, until we are uh, ushering in ideally hundreds of thousands of students into the Columbus Convention Center for this space. And I'm really excited to see y'all um, just kind of like relish in the rewards of your labor because I know this work is hard on top of being a college student. Um, so I'm really curious for y'all since you're kind of at the tail end of this process. It doesn't seem like we, it feels like we just met for the first time not that long ago and now here we are. What has been some discoveries you've made either about yourself or about the concept of community or about the concept of creating these types of space? What have you, what have you learned through this process that you're gonna hang on to for a long time? No, I'm laughing because it's just like, oh my gosh, I need to have this profound answer. Um, but like, honestly, I think like, it's just the whole idea of the difference between accomplishing things because of productivity and meeting deadlines just solely versus meeting uh, accomplishments as a team because we're very excited about what we want to develop together is so dynamic because I think so much of what I've done as a queer leader at, um, at school has been this side of like, like I'm not having fun. Whereas here in Mimble Tech with the planning team, it's fun. Like I wanna show, make sure I show up to like, like all the meetings. Sometimes I can't, or something comes up or I'm like, I'm so sorry I wasn't able to deliver with the specific um, task item, but it's okay. Like we all have each other, we lean on each other. But what makes it fun is that we're like, excited about what can come out of it and it's just like um with the students but also with the institute we're like all very excited to see everyone and like finally get to like experience it in person here in columbus um i think that's like the thing that just brings me so much joy and it's like almost like okay so once the conference is over how can i bring more of this energy and like the spaces i'm around um like even even at work or like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's just, I want more of this. Lulu, I couldn't agree with you more. Like ever since jumping into like planning this conference, I've realized that I really enjoy collaborating. Um, and it was crazy as before, like in college or like my first two years in college, I've always hated like working with people because I would only, I would be the only one doing all the work and everyone else just would be like chilling on the side. And I was the one that was always pulling the weight. But here, at least for this like planning committee and for the other committees, like everyone is doing something, everyone is pulling work, everyone is checking in on everyone, which is something I appreciate like 1000% like every every meeting we would have like these check-ins where everyone would say like their high and their lows which meant so much to me like each and every single meeting like i appreciated that so much and 
I don't know, like collaborating now for me is just something I, I will say like I enjoy so much, so, 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 so much. Um, and especially collaborating with you guys. And it's, it's honestly, it's been a blast, like a huge blast. Echoing what you two said, collaborating when you're passionate about something is such a different experience than just doing it because you have to. It's, um, yeah, it's, and to be in a team where everyone cares about each other, like Delilah was saying, it's just so nice. I remember um, texting Lulu and I was like, I feel like I'm not pulling my weight. And they were like, don't worry. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like that. They're so nice about it. And like in a second, all of my instances, like, or um, doubts about like not doing enough were completely reassured. And so it's, so it's just so nice to work in a team. And I kind of realized that um, I don't have to be like a certain type of person to care about uh, queer activism or do queer activism or do something like this. Um, I think in the first few meetings, I was very like, oh, everyone else here is like, uh, I don't know, a queer like studies type of person or is more involved in the queer community. Like I'm just an earth science major. What the heck am I going to do? But it was like, no, like just being queer and caring about this is enough to, you know, make a good, uh, make a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Effort's not the right one. Of course, my mind blanks right now when I'm in the middle of a very profound answer. Um, but yeah, just participating and um, contributing, a very big contribution is, is enough as long as you're passionate about it. Ooh, y'all are warming my little gay heart right now. <laughs> I also love that we're basically going to give you like documentation of this moment in time for you to look back on later when you're thinking about like the conference and you're, you know, we're past it and you're in that like, I call it grieving. When my conference was over, I grieved for three weeks. I was just like, what am I supposed to do with my life now? So we'll prep you for that moment too, trust. Cause it's, it's a whole thing. You're like, I just dedicated so much of my life. Every waking moment was dedicated to this conference. We'll get you there. We'll get you. <laughs> there's some, there's some letting go um, that has to happen. Um, so now we've got a, you know, a documented record of your current thoughts about how this uh, conference has shaped you and what it has done for you. And I appreciate hearing like that this process has offered, you know, these things to you because the Institute has only been around for a fraction of the conference's existence. You know, when some of us on the Institute team planned this conference, we didn't have the Institute to kind of guide us through any of this or facilitate these conversations and support y'all through making decisions. And it was just, you know, it was a different vibe. It was a different thing. Um, you know, so we're still kind of working it out and figuring out what works and what, you know, how to best collaborate with students to make sure that you don't, you don't take on a bunch of risk and, um, you know, liability but that you also get to make your own decisions about how you want to commit your time and what you want to participate in and um, not have other glorified adults tell you, you, uh, you know, can't do that. So I don't have like a, a, you know, tactful way to, to wrap us up here. I guess just, you know, if you really had to, to capture it, you know, what do you, if you could capture it in one tagline, right? What do you think is gonna kind of be the big takeaway from this year's conference for anybody, right? Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you have yet to meet. What do you think is gonna be 
one of the biggest takeaways of this year's conference before we close it up today? Um, personally, I think the biggest takeaway is 1000% going to be support, especially for queer students who don't normally get support at home or at school. So be, for them to go out to this conference full of queer and trans people, I, I feel like it's going to be very supportive and very much just, just yeah, just supportive. Um, and of course, it's going to be supportive with the resources as well and the workshops and everything else. I guess for me, it's like find empowerment in whatever little like light pockets that you like are surrounded with already. Because um, honestly, for me, that was tapped into mentorship. Um, again, referencing our dear Ose from <laughs> when they were at Ohio State. Um, I would not have been exposed to this um, conference to Mimble Tech as a whole, um, but they were kind of like my little light in um, before I even met this community um, in a way that I was just like, oh my gosh, like I want to be surrounded more about like more with this like space and energy um, and be able to share my joy. Um, so like, again, like with this conference, I feel like that's like, not a little pocket of joy, but that's like big, big pocket of joy. <laughs> um, so in whatever spaces that you're in, um, uh, if you can put yourself out there and make a little connection, um, grab coffee with whoever um, is available to like get coffee with you. Um, it doesn't even have to be coffee. Like it can be anything that you'd like to, like that you're interested in um, and willing to take part of. Um, but yeah, definitely make connections because from that can make conversations and just uh, just like be able to relate or find um, a way to like better express yourself, which I definitely know that has been a big, 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 big part of my development um, in my identities. I mean, taking a word from our theme, like I just want everyone to come away from this conference knowing that like they are limitless like as a queer individual, they are limitless with the empowerment that Lulu was talking about and the support that Delilah was talking about. Like truly you can do anything. Y'all are absolute gems to this, you know, past hour slash the past like year and some change have really just been super rewarding working with y'all, you know, last year, you know, last year's planning team still had the heaviest weight of COVID on them. And not to say we're out of the pandemic by any means, but like, you know, y'all have had kind of a, a different go. And I think being able to offer this space in October um, when there's a bit more ability for folks to come together with a bit a bit less, you know, stress and, and come together in a way that I think is gonna feel renewed and refreshing and necessary like I think I think we're full steam ahead to have just a really excellent weekend and I just cannot name enough appreciation for y'all taking this time and making this commitment on top of a pandemic and an insurrection and just riots galore and just like living y'all's lives so just we could go you know there's a lot there's a whole list but um this has been great y'all are great um so thank you for carving some extra time to have this this chat so that other folks can learn about this process and what's kind of behind the scenes of the conference so 
Thank you. <laughs> Take the Last Bite is made possible by the volunteer labor of the Midwest Institute for Sexuality and Gender Diversity staff. Our larger work is sustained by the contributions of grassroots donors. If you would like to support the life-saving work of empowering, connecting, and educating Midwest queer and trans communities, please consider setting up a monthly or one-time donation at sgbinstitute.org backslash giving or hitting that green donate button on our website's homepage. Our inbox is open for all of your insight, feedback, questions, boycotts, memes, and other forms of written correspondence. You can contact us at lastbite at sgdinstitute.org. Particular shout out to Justin, Andy, Nick, Danielle, and Michelle for all of your support with editing, promotion, transcripts, and production. Our amazing and queer as fuck cover art was designed by Adrian McCormick.